battle cruiser. Hey everyone, it's Matt. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. And we're the Casual Tutors coming at you live today with a quick and easy topic that is near and dear to Doug's heart and I know Kyle and I enjoy for the most part. And that's going to be battle cruiser in Commander. Yeah. We're Before slow we slow down s- and smell some tap lands. <laughs> Before we get started, as always we're going to talk a little bit about some housekeeping topics. You know, keep up the listens. You guys are totally rocking it. Our audience size is growing and we appreciate it. Can't do it without you guys. So keep liking, sharing, and, you know, kidnapping anybody you can and forcing them to listen to our show. We really do appreciate it. We are on social media pretty much everywhere at Casual Tutors. We have a Discord that goes through spurts of activity and we're definitely working on it. We love communicating with you guys through that. So that is our preferred method if you guys are interested jump on there link down in our description to our link tree that has everything on it as always. And, you know, without further ado, I just want to, I guess, roll out the battleships and get talking about some battle cruiser. Hey, hey man. Hi. What's battle cruiser. So I don't know. This is something that might have several definitions for different people, depending on who you ask. I think the, the base description of battle cruiser is just, Pure dropping big dumb creatures, not doing anything fancies instant sorcery wise, and duking it out with other players who are also dropping big bad creatures. Oh, so it's noobs! It's noobs that need to get good. Always. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we were talking about how this is kind of near and dear to my heart. If I could play one kind of commander for forever it would be battle cruiser with beers essentially i think that's a that's that's probably just how my life would go not that the other power levels aren't fun and i play a lot of them uh because mostly because you can't find battle cruiser games anymore is is the difficult part it's a lot of sevens and then people that are pretending to be sevens that are actually trying to be cdh but without a cdh deck see and i play a different definition of battle cruiser which i do play which oh because a lot of people think that battle cruiser is just in reference to playing eight cmc plus cards and playing early game that leads you to playing eight cmc plus cards so being able to sustain yourself long enough to play those cards which i play i have a ton of decks that that does kind of make sense You're, you're just saying that you play enough control essentially that you can get to the point where you can play haymakers. Right. Yeah. Play enough targeted removal board wipes, you know, whatever you have to do, or in some instances, such as my Kodama Bruce Tarl deck play enough quick ramp that I'm able to play the eight CMC plus cards quickly. See, I need to just stop you right there. Cause your definition of battle cruiser is just wrong for the mere fact that you brought up your Bruce Tarl deck. Cause that is not a battle cruiser deck. I don't care what you say. Almost yeah, every I'm... creature in the deck is eight CMC plus. I mean, even EDH rec says that a battle cruiser card is just an eight CMC plus card. That's not the spirit of playing battle cruiser though. Yeah. Oh, and I, I really okay. disagree with that definition entirely. I, I do think that battle cruiser is about playing slowly, but battle cruiser is by definition, low power play. It's about not taking it seriously. It's about, I mean, getting away with just doing stupid things that you weren't able to do in any other format. And I think that really shouts out to the beginning of how commander got made. It was a place that was supposed to be where you were able to play the cards that you couldn't play anywhere else because you couldn't do that in standard. And then if you went to modern, then your cards wouldn't be good enough. And then if you went to legacy, your cards super wouldn't be good enough. 
So you just had a whole bunch of cards sitting around in a box you couldn't play. And I really think some of the tragedy of how Commander is today is that we're getting away from that once again, and there's still just nowhere to play significant portions of your collection. Yeah, it's inherently, you know, minimal ramp, minimal interaction, because there's no room in that deck because you were playing big, dumb creatures. Right. I, everyone, I, everyone in your yeah. pod is theoretically doing the same thing. So these are the games that, you know, go 30, 40 rounds and they're just slow punching each other. You can with 10 tens that cost eight mana, shit like that. Yeah, I, I don't say the slow down and smell the tap lands thing just because it's, you know, good for a chuckle. I, I, I mean, it seriously, like we're getting to the point now where in commander, you can't play tap lands anywhere but battle cruiser tables. And, and that's kind of it's sad, honestly that you can't be a turn behind and still be okay because the game ends on turn four, you know? They're even below, like, I don't want to say below pre-cons, but because they, they run similar mana bases the way the pre-cons are, but as far as what deck construction and, and game plan and stuff like that, they're definitely weaker than what pre-cons are these days. I think that's accurate. Uh, yeah, pre-cons, especially these days, I'm, I'm trying to think of like when the dividing line was, when they started getting good. I Probably Strixhaven would be my guess. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, like it, it definitely hit the point where Wizards kind of started saying, well, well, people are complaining these pre-cons aren't keeping up with the tables, and now they're the pre-cons, they'll keep up with the average table almost out of the box, uh, which is, is kind of fun. I, I mean, I like it. I really do. But... It also does move that bottom point that's always been there from being pre-cons at the lower power level to now there is... You have to go out there and say, well, I'm playing jank. It's actually like worse than pre-cons over here. Yeah, it used to be that you'd go into your local metas and there'd always be those new players that literally don't understand what interaction is and how to tune decks or anything like that. And they're just playing creatures for the love of playing big creatures. And you always would find a couple people like that. And now these is, I think it's exactly like you said, Doug, where we have the problem where precons have just pushed our metas everywhere where everyone has this new baseline. There's no need to go in with the colossal dread maws and stuff like that. Yeah. Here's you brought up interaction though. So I, I did want to talk about that because I know one of the contentious things that I do that a lot of people don't agree with is generally the first version of a deck I build with, I include very little to no interaction and play it at a low power level because you can get away with that, essentially. Uh, is that, are you guys of the opinion that that, that is something that, that should be okay? Or more, uh, you hear a lot online, like interaction is the, the bedrock of the format and no interaction means that you're not really playing the game, TM, trademark. I would say everybody has their own way of developing a deck over time. And starting with no interaction and building up from there, I don't think is wrong or bad. I know my preferred way is I usually start with a lower end number anyways, because I, I want to make sure that my deck is doing what I want it to do on a functional matter before I start tuning it to make it more powerful. Even if I needed to it, tune it or make it more powerful. Everyone has their own sweet spot, whether they start high or they start low. Either way would be right. No, and I, I do, that is why I do it. It's not because I'm a noob that needs to get good and I've never played Counterspell before. It's because I feel that if you put in all those vegetables that kind of make the, the deck keep up with everybody, you a lot of times miss out on whether what the actual deck is trying to do. So I when I build a new deck, go 100% in on just, this is what this deck is trying to do. Here's the problem. Let's see if the table can fix it kind of thing. Uh, 
as opposed to playing all the answers. Yeah, I, I go at it from an approach of when I'm playing this deck, what are the biggest field ads that occurred to me during the game? And is there anything I can include into my deck to make those feels bads happen less often? Sure. But going back to Battle Cruiser, I mean, it really is the purest form of commander. Uh, obviously, EDH being the roots of the whole entire format, you know, essentially big dumb dragons because their downsides were often, you know, just as bad as good the upsides are. I don't know if that made any sense, but. You know what I mean? You're essentially just playing big creatures that, you know, the benefits don't outweigh their negatives anyways. And, you know, they obviously there's less interaction, less card selection back then. There's less of this, I need to tune my deck to be better than everybody else and mentality floating around. So we, we saw a lot more opportunities for, for, you know, punching each other with Dreadmaw. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. If you go back to the original EDH that had the actual beginning Elder Dragons in it, that was you didn't just have them for colors at that point. Like you actually played them because you know, the, it got to turn eight, nine, ten, where you could, you could lay them down. Uh, whereas now I feel like if you went back and you, you kind of tried to make a true DH format, like a uh, command zone did and game nights and all that, you would probably never end up playing the actual commander. Even if it was nickel bolus where you had a good, you know, discard, discard cards effect that could actually happen. Absolutely not. If all we had were the old Elder Dragons, they would just sit in the zone and be colored color donkeys. And that's it. Yeah. Kyle's awfully quiet. Uh, I know we shut you down on the Bruce Tarrell thing, but <laughs> you know, any other thoughts about Battle Cruiser? Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately it's dead. Yeah, but I mean, how how could we make it not dead, Kyle? What I don't do you know. think? I, I Should think... we make it not dead? I think the state of EDH and the state of what's being printed by Watsi and the state that we're being pushed, I, I really don't think, looking around and looking at how easy it is to get mana bases without cap lands, how, how many good low-costed cards are being released that do a million things, I just, I, I don't, I, aside from very casual kitchen table magic, I just don't think we're going to see Battle Cruiser again. I just think it's it's starting more and more and more to fade off into obscurity. And I think we will still see people play pet cards, and we will still still see people play big flashy cards that do things and may not be the best that they could play that do that thing. But I think true Battle Cruiser magic, the way that you guys are describing it, I don't think is going to come into the light again <laughs> and you might be right honestly like even at this point i, I was kind of the battle cruiser guy for a long time both in my articles and in my lgs's and everywhere i played and and i've almost given up at this point my lowest power deck at this point is my mono white pegasus deck uh which is pegasus tribal and it's not a slouch if the game goes on for a minute it will catch up with you and it, it makes a lot of mana because it's kind of a mono white lands matter deck in disguise, meaning that I can often put down my commander early and also put down uh, the amount of Pegasus equal to my life total, that 10 mana spell storm herd uh, without much trouble as well. And that deck, it's, it's the low end of my power. And at most tables I bring it out to, it's, it's pretty outclassed at this point, even though I don't feel like it's actually true battle cruiser anymore. But I guess, my question would be, is if we can't 
have Battle Cruiser as a place where you can kind of dive deep and play those pet cards that you used to love. You know, for instance, that Pegasus deck, I built it around Pegasus Stampede, which was a card I loved when I was growing up uh, and learning magic. But you can't really play those anywhere anymore if you don't have Battle Cruiser. So should we just give up on having a place to play pet cards? Or is there a new format we could make that would be able to do that? Or what should we do? In my opinion, I think what you really got to look at is taking it to like what I said and what, what a lot of people like on Reddit and stuff have talked about and make it almost semi-casual battle cruiser instead of fully casual battle cruiser where you do play interaction, you do play things that keep you alive or keep you, stretch you, um, uh, what I'm looking for, I said it earlier, that basically stall the game until the later game where you're able to play these things. Uh, I we think should the- play stacks to play <laughs> battle cruiser. Not stacks necessarily. But I, I, I think that that's the only way you're going to get to play these pet cards. I, I mean, I just, I, I think it is what it is. Or you could be like me and just have a pet card like Scoot Mob that's still good. <laughs> I think I think where Battlecruiser really lies, and this is tying in the last week's episode, so if you, well, maybe this is two weeks ago. When did we do alternative formats? Was that two weeks? It's It's been a minute, but yeah, we talked about pre-DH. Yeah, so going back a couple of weeks, make sure to hit up our back catalog in case you haven't heard it. But I think that's really where battle cruiser is going to lie in there is, you know, an alternate format that you have some prearranged agreement with a local pod or stuff. And you all bring your battle cruiser decks and, you know, live up the old times again. Or, or kitchen we could table just... or, you know, or kitchen table. I mean, the thing is, is just having the understanding that you're, you're probably not going to make this battle cruiser deck go down to your LGS and play with randoms, but you've got this group of friends and you all really like this, you know, battle cruiser style gameplay yeah it could be i mean i don't think the kitchen table really exists once you've left that age group though or or maybe not age group kitchen table is is really something that is pretty much you and your friends just found the game look we didn't and play kitchen I don't, table at your house until you left we played at a kitchen table yeah it's the same thing <laughs> I'm just saying you're playing with people that you're familiar with, familiar with sure. enough that you're playing in your own home. Okay. But I, I mean, I'm you can do that in LGS saying. too. I, I'm sure you could. I'm, I'm saying, but the LGS, what I'm referencing is you're playing with like your three close buddies and you're all like sat down and plan this and built these decks because you knew you wanted to play this versus going down to the LGS and playing randoms. Yeah. Right. It's like trying to set up a Dan Dan game or something along those alternative format lines. Or, or guys, we could break it right open right now. Okay, we're going to start a new format today. It's going to be called 5+, plus, uh, and nothing in the deck can cost less than 5 mana. That's, that's what we're going to do. Here we go. Start building. I, mean, I was just thinking CDH, but with a little C, and we could let competitive EDH have a big C, and it could be casual EDH. Because <laughs> that won't be entirely confusing. No, not at all. As if a casual and competitive aren't already terms that lead to all sorts of confusion in the format and all sorts of feel bads and pub stomping. Every deck is a seven. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But, you know, I I feel like we got a natural break right here. So let's just take a moment, talk about our podcasting adventure, how you guys can get tied into that and experience the joy of making your own podcast. Matt, this is just because you don't want to talk about five plus. All right. You got to figure out what the meta is going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull up MTG Goldfish. I'm going to start a section in there. Uh, welcome back. I hope you guys, you know, 
heard everything you want to hear about um, Spotify podcasting. It is super easy. Uh, highly recommend it if you guys are ever looking into that. And, you know, the best thing ever is that it's free. So it doesn't hurt to try. But yeah, five plus. That does sound interesting, Doug. Um, does it? <laughs> it? You can still play Force of Will. So there's that. The, legally, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All kinds of random ass shit that, you know, has discounts applied on it after we look at cost. To, to be honest, though, I'm not sure it's actually enough because I, I do. I play a competitive EDH deck with Karuga that doesn't let you play cards that cost less than three. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that five is enough of a restriction, honestly. I think even better because there already is a commander that does this, but just vanilla creature. Like everybody has to play vanilla creatures and, you know, kind of like popper EDH, you can have a non-legendary creature be your commander, but it has to be vanilla. See, but then you can't play all your pet cards, although you can't play them in five plus either. So I guess yeah. uh, this is all just. And if you want to play big, stupid pet cards, what better one than Colossal Dreadmaw anyways? Because I know that's what everyone's going to play. Uh, Scuttling Doom Engine, obviously. Vanilla sounds miserable. <laughs> I kind of have to agree with Kyle on that one. Vanilla sounds just, just, just bad. Sounds really bad. Oh, what, what more pure form of battle cruiser than just big stupid creatures that literally do nothing but swing? That just sounds like you're stuck in that bad limited environment where everyone has blockers all the time remember and nothing is we, happening. That's why you just discussed, have a, uh, a home rule in there where every creature must attack every turn. Everything is goaded oh. all the time. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I was going to say, remember when we talked about four-hour games? Yeah. Which, I mean, Battlecruiser so, lives in that realm. It, it does. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons that Battlecruiser is dying is because anymore people want to show up and jam some games and not kind of be stuck at a table. And I don't think that's really where EDH started. EDH did start around kitchen tables and people hanging out and, you know, having having some dinner and having some beverages and, and just kind of making it a thing. And nobody cared if the game lasted four hours. And now that even at those kind of events, people are kind of like, well, let's finish this game so we can start another one. You know, they want the variety, which I get and I enjoy as well. But I do think it's a large part of why Battlecruiser is dying. I will say too, with the, with the power creep and the amount of product that we've been given, I, I think, a lot of people's pet cards are starting to stray away from the not good card section. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, if you haven't been playing for a while, your pet card's going to be a new card and it probably is going to be like my pet card is Jessica's will, you know? <laughs> and, and I am curious to see how much of the player base is newer players versus older players, because even with, I mean, just with our meta, I think we have, I think we're at a point where we finally tipped it the other way to where, more of our local play group is new players versus older players. Yeah. And that's a good thing. It, it really is. Recruitment. Grow, grow the sport, as we say in disc golf. Does that sport grow? Yes. It, it's actually also almost as massive as pickleball. We, <laughs> I, we do, I, you guys do not want to get me off on a disc golf tangent. I promise you don't want to do it. Anyways, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about another format that nobody wants to play, and that's standard. You're not- we just <laughs> big news yeah. coming out of the standard world right now. We just came out with the first standard ban in a while that I can recall caring about, and that's going to be invoke despair, reflection of Kiki, reflection is it reflection of Kiki Jiki or Fable Breaker, something like that. Reflection is banned, invoke is banned, and Reckoner Bankbuster is banned. It's Fable of the Mirror Breaker. 
It's some bullshit. What about the other? What about the other half, Kyle? You got that on quick draw? Reflection of Kiki. Ooh. See, I had it all in one stuttering, unknown way. <laughs> I watched a video on the fans this morning. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing about this is that they also announced that they're going to have more bands in August, but they didn't really indicate what formats they're going to be talking about in those bands. I guess there was some early indication that it's going to be other formats. But, you know, kind of something interesting that I saw uh, Saffron Olive post on MTG Goldfish's Twitter was the speculation that these three cards got banned in preparation for that August ban to kind of see how it changes the meta and how other problems arise. Obviously, everyone's expecting Rafine with Esper midrange to become a big problem again. Looking at Goldfish right now, it's only 1%, 1.6% on the meta, but that could very easily change very quickly now that Rakdos midrange is dead. Thank God. Well, and we also need to keep in mind that with the announcement of three-year rotation, there's going to be a lot of bans that normally wouldn't happen because a lot of times you'll see cards that would have gotten banned, but they go, oh, it's going to rotate in a couple of months. I think we're going to see a lot more bans because that rotate in a couple of months was just spread out another year. Yeah, definitely. I think a, a problem that I identify right away is that if they want to start, you know, hyping up standard again and make it this approachable game, having decks in standard that are still you know, four to five hundred dollars is mind blowing. And you know, there really only is two cards that you can attribute those costs to, and it's Shouldred and the Wandering Emperor. And like I don't know if that needs to be a consideration for ban. It's just making the you know the format itself kind of unobtainium for a lot of people. But you know, at least, you know, explore the play space of you know, making what do they call those pre-constructed decks from the the different format metas? Um, challenger decks. Yeah, challenger yeah. decks. Reprinting challenger decks, and I'm not saying drop a play set of shoulders and challenger deck, but you know, putting one in there, maybe a wandering emperor, maybe even getting crazy putting two in, like something like that would just, I think, help the format in a huge way altogether. Let alone dropping card prices. Yeah, vastly. <laughs> like, it would help card prices. If the three-year standard environment is going to work, it's going to work because they have found a way to pump reprints into the format, essentially. Because you're right, price is a huge part of it. And as much as I'm more of a proponent of, hey, let's all go back to monocolor aggro decks of one kind or tempo decks of one kind or another to make things cheap so we aren't our, all having $200 mana bases in our standard decks, what's probably more likely is just making sure that the expensive mythics that are out there get some reprints as they are more involved in the format yeah lands have never been cheaper right now the channel lands are the most expensive ones in the format every other land in there is you know at least sub like seven dollars and guys you're missing the most important thing standard's gonna be fine it's just gonna be played exclusively on arena which is why i don't play it and that's would, fine yeah i would love to play it in store i did like standard i think it's you know it has been kind of filled in with pioneer for me. Not that we play pioneer a hell of a lot either, but we do do that more than standard and just kind of, you know, pioneer. I treat as modern light, you know, different modern, different meta, that kind of thing. But I think a standard, you know, just playing with cards that don't have that history and don't have necessarily that power level is something that I want to try again. 
That was an interesting thing we were talking about Battlecruiser. I was looking at all three of these band cards and all of them as far as where they are in Commander these days. Because back in the day when you started doing Commander, you were like, oh, that old broken card that got banned, replenished. That seems like it'd be awesome in this this Commander deck I have or what have you. And I'm looking at all three of these and they all do see some Commander play, but not a ton. I mean, they're kind of middling cards. Yeah, like they only survive really because of standard. It holds up 100%. Even Invoke Despair, I guess, doesn't have any value. It is a card that was the the Fat Pack promo card, so there's a huge supply of that out there. But, yeah. you know, Rakdos Midrange is the most popular, or was the most popular deck, and it, you know, its best card in there was $2. So I don't, I just, if they made that, you know, more common, it would definitely be a much more approachable format. And fuck Shoulder it being, you know, 75 bucks or whatever it is right now. Because that's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, let us know why we're wrong about Standard. I think we're going to, you know, kind of close this out with any more comments about Battlecruiser again, since that was the main topic of this episode. So we'll start with you, Doug. Anything you want to finish up with? Battlecruiser is fun. You should play it because you can play fun cards that you can't play anywhere else. The end. Kyle? Nope. Two dead formats is my limit for the day. Oh, Kyle is checked out. <laughs> I think, you know, treating Battlecruiser like one of these alternative formats where you're either, you know, like Kyle is suggesting playing on your kitchen table or just finding some friends that come to your LGS for Commander Wednesday or whenever the fuck your LGS does it and setting up, a, you know, a low power Battlecruiser game with them is totally awesome because it's something I like to do. You know, personally, I've only been playing pre-cons for like the past, you know, month and a half now just to you know, get a taste of something theoretically lower power that stupid Knights pre-con that came on March of Machine is ridiculous, but that's a whole separate story. But, you know, just finding some other people, like-minded individuals, and, you know, stepping back from the normal hustle and bustle of Commander, I think will help improve, you know, not only your mindset playing Magic the Gathering, but also just help your enjoyment levels increase. So, wrapping up, uh, my name's Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Doug. And we're the Casual Tutors. Thanks for listening. Uh, Original outro. Check.